With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, everybody. This is the Cricket Badger podcast. Each badger marks the track with its own scent. His black legs are short but very powerful for digging. The name badger probably comes from the French word bêche, meaning digger. Hello Cricket Badgers everywhere, welcome to another edition of the Cricket Badger Podcast. Very special guest this week, Sam Northeast. We'll get to him in just a second, but before we go further, Happy New Year to each and every one of you. Hopefully you had a good Christmas and you've enjoyed the festivities and that you're looking forward to the year 2020. Thanks once again as well to the Experienced Travel Group for sponsoring the Cricket Badger podcast throughout January. If you're looking for a great trip to go and watch England play in Sri Lanka in a couple of months' time, then there is nobody better to plan your holiday so you can see the cricket and also see the wonders of the country. It's a fantastic place to visit Sri Lanka. Thank you very much to the Experienced Travel Group for their support of the Cricket Badger podcast. Recorded this podcast after day one of the second test match with Sam, so England had been rolled far too cheaply in that my opinion the fact that they got south africa out for even cheaper on day two shouldn't cloud the fact that england's batting isn't necessarily firing on all cylinders just at the moment and potentially we're looking for other candidates to fill those middle order positions i did a uh, little bit of research prior to uh, the winter and had a look at how many balls batsmen had faced crease occupation for me very important in test match cricket and sam northeast's name came right towards the top end of the tree averaged over 50 for hampshire last season he's a very good middle order player he's on that plane with the England Lions to Australia this winter. Good time to get a few runs, I think, to impress the selectors and maybe stake his name for a place in the summer. Give him the Badger 20 questions this week. He answers them very well indeed. Refreshing to hear his views on Test cricket and how important it is to him to potentially push for higher honours in the game. So without further ado, 
let's welcome one of the standout batsmen on the county circuit, Hampshire's Sam Northeast, on this week's Cricket Badger podcast. It's that Badger style. Cricket Badger Podcast Fact File Sam Alexander Northeast Hampshire, Kent and England Lions Right-handed batsman Highest first-class score 191 24 first-class centuries Touring Australia with England Lions this winter A definite candidate for full England honours Welcome to the podcast Sam Let's have a Badger chat It's a pleasure this week on the Cricket Badger podcast to welcome Sam Northeast, Hampshire batsman. How are you, Sam? Yeah, very well, and um, you know, pleased to be on, and uh, hopefully we get some good cricket chat. Well, you're like me, aren't you? You've gone down with flu over Christmas, and we're very brave. Man flu is very almost life-threatening, isn't it? And I think I think both of us are just getting over it. Yeah, I've sort of just been hibernating for the last, you know, sort of like over a week now. So yeah, just coming through the to the back end of it, and uh, yeah, feeling a bit better. Well, we're going to give you the cricket badge of twenty questions, and the first one, as always. Best place to start. If not a cricketer, Sam, what would you have done in your life? Uh, it's, a, it's a good question. I sort of I've thought about it. But I mean, the honest truth is that it's just sport has been sort of everything for me, really. You know, uh, being at school, it was you know playing sport meant everything, and sort of academic second. Um, so it would have been something in sport for sure if cricket wasn't to the number one priority. I mean, I would have liked to have given other sports a shot. Um, if I would have been good enough, who knows? But I'm sure at some stage it would have ended up in, in the sort of cricket world or other sporting world at some stage doing whatever it would be. But um, luckily enough, I was able to make a career out of cricket. So, I mean, I just love sport. I, w- I love watching other sports as well. So, um, yeah, it would, have, it would have been down some avenue like that. What, what kind of age were you, Sam, when you first thought, actually, I could actually do something with this cricket malarkey. I could, I could make a living out of this. It was it was pretty young actually. I mean, I remember it was. I remember I was thirteen, and I sort of I broke some records at school, and I thought, you know, I'm not sort of bad at this. And I, I guess I was sort of just quite sort of well known at that stage for being the sort of cricketer. And I guess that tag sort of never ever really left me from that, even from that early age, and even at that early age, believing that I was going to go and play cricket. I guess it sort of it was there already, and luckily enough. You know, I was able and good enough to keep going and, and become a professional. But, yeah, I, I guess it, it sort of it resonated pretty quickly with me. Were there ever any stumbling blocks along the way? You say 13, you thought, oh, yeah, maybe this is for me. Were there ever any days where you thought, maybe it's not, actually? Um, not when I was growing up. I think probably when I started playing cricket, I, you know, as a professional playing for Kent, I sort of probably would say that, you know, schoolboy and academy and, and even second team cricket to a certain degree came to me. Um, you know, I sort of performed, you know, well and didn't have the sort of ups and downs, I guess, of most kids growing up. So when actually, you know, a bit of failure in a few um, seasons of of not scoring the runs, which, you know, I was normal to, you know, that came as a bit of a shock. And um, and the first few years of playing professional cricket were definitely tough and, and trying to figure out um, how to make it. And 
uh, you know, what my game was about, you know, that was tough. And I, and I guess that's the, the times where I thought, well, actually, am I, you know, made out for this? You know, am I good enough? Or was it all a bit of hype, you know, and you, and you go through those, um, those stages in your career. So um, I never really had any thought of not making it when I was a youngster. But then when I did sort of break through into the Kent team, you know, those, uh, those doubts crept in. Is that kind of going from being a big fish, uh, a big fish, a big fish in a small pond to being, yeah, having to almost kind of prove yourself over again? When you get into, you know, with professionals who have been there, done it, scored loads of runs, and all of a sudden you're thinking, am I, am I quite good enough for this? Yeah, absolutely. I think you're spot on. I think you know, you just, uh, I mean, it's tough. You know, professional sport, everyone's there, everyone's pretty good, you know, and. I think you, I, I definitely relied on my talent to get there, you know, and I didn't really understand what made me good or um, wh- what I was doing at times, you know. I just sort of played the game and and um, ended up doing pretty well at it um, at a young age. And then when I got into the first team, I wasn't scoring runs. I didn't really have anything to fall back on. Uh, and that was tough, you know, and I think it is tough, you know, trying to make, you know, trying to get your way into any job in, in the world, you know, trying to make a standpoint and to try and and move up the uh, up the ranks you know can be tough so I think the expectation was probably a little bit there as well you know I sort of came through to being um, somebody sort of highlighted to go and play for England and um, you know that was my main goal and I felt such a long way away from it for a long period of time and I wasn't performing to the level which I expected so there are a lot of things where, and, and as a youngster, you probably don't deal with them as well as you, you would do if it was uh, later on in your career. Who would you say was the biggest influence on your cricketing career? That can be from any age. Keezy was a huge, uh, huge sort of um, figure at Kent, which which helped me, uh, you know, being able to talk to him about batting and and captaincy while he was there. I mean, that, you know, I think my game and my understanding of cricket um, definitely grew under his leadership as captain. He was a uh, brilliant captain and, uh, you know, taking a lot of um, advice off him over the years and a lot of my views on cricket were based around, you know, growing up and and listening to him. So um, I think he was huge. I mean, but, um, I mean, there have been a lot of of guys who, uh, coaches of, you know, have really put a lot of time and effort into into throwing me balls over the years, so um, they've uh, they've all had a huge impact on me. But um, I'd say Keezy's uh, you know, somebody who's got great knowledge of the game and uh, was huge for me at that time. I, I like him on the telly. I've been watching him over the winter. I think he, he, he talks a really good game of cricket, doesn't he? I think he, he's good, he's done well on Sky. Is is there one bit of advice that you can remember he gave you that you can think, well, yeah, that that changed how I looked at things? Or? Um, I remember he definitely changed my game against spin. You know, this might be a um, technical thing, but I remember just being, you know, I sort of just, I just played spin as I, you know, in nets I'd come down and I'd attack it. But in the game, I didn't want to get out, you know. And uh, and I remember him just throwing me up, you know, just said, right, why aren't you playing the way you play in nets? You know, I watch you and you come down and you attack the spinner and you hardly ever get out. But in the game situation, you, know, you never express yourself. And, uh, you know, he used to say that, you know, every second ball, you used to have a look at one ball and then the second ball used to go over the top and, and hit the spinner down the ground, you know, whatever the situation. And I thought I was, you know, it was, that was good. You know, it changed my game against spin. We, you know, I, I used to go out there and play with a lot more sort of bravery against spin than I than I did before. Um, and that was huge, you know, in terms of playing and getting hundreds. You, know, you can't just 
block spin and wait for them to bowl a bad ball because it doesn't really come at that level. So that was a big change for me, you know, going probably getting, you know, 30s, 40s to really kicking on and getting 70 plus. And so that was, I remember that was a big turning point in my early days at Kent. Looking back through your career so far, and there's plenty more to come, I'm sure, but what's been your best moment in cricket so far? If, If you could take me back to any day to relive again, where would you take me? Oh, um, that is an interesting one. That's funny. Uh, I remember the 100 I got in the T20 is probably, my. I feel like, my best knock I've ever played. Um, and that day, that whole innings, that whole game against Somerset where we got, I, I remember getting 100, and then I can't remember what we set them. It was, it was over 200. It might, might have been like 230 or something, 220. And just thinking, um, you know, it's an unbelievable score. But they had Chris Gale, and then he ended up getting... Um, like 150, um, one of the best knocks I've ever seen. And, you know, um, and I was thinking that's my, my best innings. And he said, definitely um, overshadowed me. Um, but it was, but we won. And I remember I was captain at the time. It was my first season as captain and only just recently taken over from Keezy. And, yeah, we were on a bit of a run in that T20. Uh, but it was an unbelievable game to be a part of um, and just a, a really fun day. And I remember thinking that was... Yeah, as well as I've ever played, and then Chris Gale coming and playing an unbelievable knot like that, and it was probably the best game I've ever been involved in. And then Mitch Clayton finishing it off for the death. I think you know, Chris Gale needed you know twenty off the last, and we're thinking, well, he's going to get this the way he was striking the ball. But we managed to uh, to get over the line by about five runs or something. Um, but that was a fantastic day. But um, I mean, obviously the the Lords final it's a strange one, you know, playing Kent and, and winning, you know, sort of a trophy was was great, but you know, strange in a lot of ways. Obviously playing Kent and you know, it would have been nice to have uh, to have won against a different opponent, but yeah, it, that was a that was a special day as well. I feel like a footballer scoring against a former club, isn't it? You don't, you don't celebrate, but you want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, it was a, it was a definitely a strange day. It was. Um, you know, just coming up and playing with, you know, playing against guys you played with for the last, you know, 10 years, I guess, you know, with, with Steve-O and, and people like that. So it was a strange day, but, um, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, to, to play in the Lords final and, and win was a, was a nice, uh, nice feeling. Excuse me, Mr. Badger. Sorry to interrupt. I've heard Sri Lanka is a lovely country and a great place to see some cricket. Is there anyone you know who can help me get out there to see the cricket and have a fantastic holiday? It sounds like the perfect time to tell you about the Experience Travel Group then. They're a London-based company with a team in Sri Lanka who've put together private tours which include a fantastic cricket package with great seats, lunches, top boutique hotels and after-match drinks to meet fellow enthusiasts. Okay. I love my cricket, but my partner also wants this to be a holiday. Can they make that happen? As Sri Lanka specialists, this is where the experienced travel group come into their own. They will put together a tour that helps you to properly discover the country. They cater for people who want to watch England play cricket abroad and also enjoy a fun, immersive and luxurious holiday in Sri Lanka. Are they really as good as they sound? Well, if I didn't think so, I wouldn't be mentioning them now, would I? This March will be the third trip they've done. Last year, they successfully hosted over 150 cricket and travel fans. 100% of which said they would use the experienced travel group again. It sounds great. How do I book? All you have to do is call 0207-924-7133 or visit experiencedtravelgroup.com. We've done the positives, Sam. What's been your worst moment in cricket? Which day would you definitely not want to go back to to relive again? 
Um, that's quite an easy one, actually. I remember getting out twice in one day at Lords. Following on um, was Norton Five. I remember. Um, I think Colin Moore and Finney got me out uh, in the same day. Um, and I think I, I, th- I think I remember tweeting at the end of it, just being like, "That was rubbish" or something. That was a complete disaster. Something like that. I was just. Um, but yeah, it was. That was. Yeah, it was um, never nice when you get out. Um, twice in the same day and then you know you sort of I remember that was the time when I was sort of going through sort of you know pretty tough stage and you sort of go back to the sort of the early question of you know did you ever doubt you know yourself at playing at this level it was definitely a stage there where, where I thought you know this, I'm just not very good at this you know so um, that was that was a tough day to take um, but yeah I mean there was fun. I mean I remember so the last, I mean, I remember, I think I captained about four or five quarterfinals at Kent where we lost all of them in one day. Charles, I think the last one, I think I probably, you know, just about, it was just, I, I'm not quite sure how to take this now. You know, we had a good enough side. I felt that we could have gone on and competed in an, in a final or finals day. But, um, yeah, um, so so those quarterfinal losses are quite hard to take as well. Who was your cricket hero when you, was there a poster boy that you had on your wall that you thought, I want to be that person? Oh, I, I never like saying this because I always grew up loving the Australian batting lineup. <laughs> so, it's something you just don't admit as a as an Englishman. But I sort of I just remember watching Ponting and um, Damien Martin. I used to love um, just those guys the way they played. You know, just I used to just love it. You know, the like, Ponting especially. I just thought. The way he played and attacked the bowlers and, you know, against quicks, I just loved it. And Damien Martin, he just looks so classy. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, so I don't want to grow up and be an Australian. That's not the case. But, you know, I like the way they were playing at that time. Yeah, Damien Martin, he played a season for Yorkshire and he, he's got a double century and he gets Gloucestershire uh, headingly. And it was the most, you know, when you have those dreams where everything goes right for you and every single shot goes along the ground through the gap and all the rest of it. It was that, but actually in front of your very eyes, it was incredible. And as you say, so classy, just so fluid and so you know, wonderful cover drives. It just, just pinged off his back. It was a, a, a terrific inning. So I can understand why the Australians um, would delight you as a kid. If you could trade lives with any current cricketer for a day, live in their skin, experience what it's like to play like them and, and be them, who would you pick? Oh, Vera Kohli at the moment. I mean, he's actually he's somebody who makes me not feel very good about myself at times. You know, I watch him on the, <laughs> on the TV and I just think, I don't know how you're doing that, you know, and that's just, you're just freakish. Yeah, I mean, he's he's... He's in a different level at the moment. I mean, there's a few of them right at the top of that uh, who are just playing ridiculous cricket. But, I, you know, I, it's one of those where you sort of sit down and you go, oh, I'm going to take a few bits and pieces. You know, I'm going to watch Vera and I'm going to say, oh, I can take that from his game. But then I just think, oh, I'm not sure I can be able to do I can't do what he's doing, you know, and that makes me feel feel bad. But, um, yeah, he's great to watch, isn't he? And um, he's a proper superstar. I'm going to put some northeast in charge of world cricket for the day. You're the supremo. You can do anything you like. What would be the first thing you'd change about cricket to make it better? Ah, that is interesting. I mean, I, I definitely don't want to change um, test cricket to four days. I mean, that's something I'm quite sure about. Um, that's interesting. I, I, I actually, I, I think that we sort of we've got cricket sort of. I don't. I wouldn't want to change too much of it. I know everyone keeps saying that we need to keep with modern times, and um, but I think we've got a pretty good, solid game, you know. And that I think, if anything, we could probably market better. And you know, I remember 
the big bash you know being out in australia i mean that's just fantastic i mean it's it's just so entertaining and they market it so well you know and if we if everyone can can do that you know if we can have that same level of interaction with players and you know that's why i think you know, when i sort of watch quite a bit of nfl and the sort of the communication with the players and the coaches is just brilliant and i know there's a lot of players around now who sort of very interactive on social media and etc and, and i think that's the key i think to really get to, to sort of like the fans you know we need to be a bit more interactive and open as players and that means a lot more people on player mics or interviews at drinks breaks or whatever it is then then we do that you know and i think that's an important bit where it's still entertaining and and we need to think of ways of, of interacting with players more. But in terms of the actual game, which we've got in front of us, I don't see there as it being a huge issue in terms of recreating sport or, or doing anything like that. You know, I think test cricket's still the pinnacle. I still believe that um, people in England, especially, they, they love to watch it. I mean, what, what you've just said there, Sam, was my cricket budget Twitter feed is... Basically, a mirror image of what you've just said. It's quite refreshing, I think, to hear a current player saying the saying sort of similar things. Really, that Test cricket's the pinnacle. That's what you want to be striving for. I, I like what you said. I've, I've tweeted recently that I, you know, why change Test cricket to four days from five? I just don't see the the point of that. They can't get the overs in in the in the five days at the moment. The bowlers. So if you try and condense it, then it's a threat to the weather and and even more so. And you just can get so many more draws or. Or, or kind of fake declarations just to try and make a game of it and, and not make it a dead rubber or, or whatever. So for me, it's, it's quite refreshing to hear what you said there, that if you were in charge of cricket, you'd, you'd go along those same lines. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, just, I don't see that as the as the answer, I don't think, to, to saving Test cricket. Um, but I think in England, or I think we're, we're in a luxurious position, aren't we? Because you know, I think we all really... We love Test cricket, don't we? So it's in other countries where we might have to think outside the box a little bit and do something different. But I think we've got a really good um, product in in England, and and everyone seems to love Test cricket. So I, I don't see the sort of the change of a day being being the right thing. I think the Test Championship is definitely a step in the right direction. It, it makes every series worthwhile and um, and puts something on it. So I can see that as a big um, as a big help to to sort of the Test game, but. Um, I wouldn't change too much about it, and, and there's definitely, you know, there's obviously room for the one-day game and the T20 competitions, and but I think we have to make sure on that situation as well that it's not overkill, that we don't just have a T20 competition every two minutes, you know, otherwise people are going to get sick of that as well. Sam, so before the in the, when the autumn came, the end of the season, I, I picked my winter touring side for England, and I, I, I said at the time that I thought England English five-day cricket needed a little bit of a shake-up and some new faces coming into it. You were one of the names that I picked. I, I think with with Test cricket, there's a bit of a, a mindset change that's needed with England that people need to bat a bit longer. So I looked at balls faced against runs and did all these kind of calculations. And you came out very high in that, that list and therefore made my, my touring party. I mean, you obviously had a very good 2019, averaged over 50. Um, you, your first-class stats stack up alongside most people's that get picked for England. Do you, how, how close do you think you are? Does ever, anybody ever come and talk to you and say, you know, just keep going, you're not far away? Or how does it, how does it work in, in your shoes? Yeah, I guess I sort of the times I've been picked for the Lions, I guess that's the sort of the message is that um not far away and, and keep doing um keep doing what you're doing. So that's pleasing I guess, yeah. And um 
I've got a, a Lions tour four day out in Australia, which would be um, which would be good, and and hopefully you know that puts me you know a step closer to playing for England. But um, yeah, it's um, it's obviously playing for England is 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 the goal, and uh, um, I'd love to at, at some stage, and if if the opportunity comes, then you know I'd like to grab it with both hands and 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 really. Um, uh, and really go for it. So yeah, I mean, hopefully you know something comes along in the next uh, year or so, and and I can give it a crack. But um, you know, sometimes those are those they're they're uncontrollables, and uh, you, all you've got to do is just keep going and and scoring runs. In a way, days like yesterday, um, with England losing regular wickets throughout the day, and people like me chuntering on social media that it, it's not it's not good enough. By being on the edges of the team at the moment, you kind of stop rises a little bit as, as other people almost fail, isn't it? It's kind of one of the quirks of sport, that really. But do you, how much attention do you pay to the, the test? Do you watch the test during the winter or do you just kind of let that wash over you and you escape from cricket? Yeah, I do. I, do. I probably watched a bit more of it this year than I, sort of, I have done, I, I guess. Like sort of after a season, you know, you sort of you do switch off from it um, a bit. You know, you like to just get away from the game, but at the same time, you like to keep in with it. And you know, if, if there's an Ashes series on, or you know, even a, you know, a good series like this against Africa, you know, I definitely pay attention to that and, and watch a bit. Of, and, and when you're ill, you know, with flu, then you definitely just watch most of the day. But um, yeah, it's been interesting. Um, you know, touring away so so difficult now for any side I think you know, no side really goes away and wins very often anymore so it's it's always really tough trying to adapt to conditions and I know sort of from you know, from touring myself but and that's that's the toughest bit you know you, you're not in your sort of your usual conditions and and trying to adapt as quickly as possible and and, uh, and then hit the ground running is, is tough but um yeah it's been an interesting you know, sort of start to the series at the moment and uh you know there definitely has a lot of issues with flu as well and injuries, so uh, definitely not been easy. People like myself and, and pundits, we, we talk about the reasons why England maybe aren't quite achieving what they could do in, in five-day test matches. Obviously, they put a lot of emphasis on the World Cup, but I think a lot of us who, who love county cricket think that you know, playing the majority of the championship season in April, May and September doesn't necessarily bring through test match quality players. Would you... As soon as it's on the circuit and, and experiencing that, do you, would you go down that route or do you think that's, that's maybe a slight red herring? No, I can see that. I can definitely see that. I mean, at, at times, you know, some of the conditions, I guess, for, for batting and isn't ideal, you know, and, and we have to suck that up at times as batters, you know. But um, that can be tough, in, you know, and then we're not bringing you know, spinners into the game and then we want our spinners to go out and win, you know, win us games in, you know, in India and Sri Lanka and, and they haven't bowled, you know, they haven't bowled for God knows how long because they're bowling in, you know, April and May and then right at the end of September. So, um, and the same with batters, you know, it, it can be tough to get into to um, some form when it's, you know, it's moving around and, and you're not batting in the real, you know, heart of the summer. So, um that can be tough. Um, yeah, I, I think that there's a sort of a general sort of worry that we're not, you know, that our young players coming through are sort of very much um, T20 orientated, and that you know that's where the money's at. It's where the you know, it can be the sort of the more fun side of the game, I guess. And you know, I guess I was sort of like probably the last era of growing up with four-day cricket, you know, as being the sort of the the main game. You know, and T uh, Twenty was still sort of kind of in its early stages. You know, but now it's becoming so much more, you know, um, important. And young players are coming up, and and it's not 
as important to them, you know, I don't think. But and and that would be a slight worry and then you sort of got the all the other you know, aspects of the season being played right at the sort of the edges of um, of the county season. So there's a lot of things I think which aren't providing, you know, England with the sort of the best opportunity to go out and perform at um at test level. Discover Sri Lanka at your own pace. Take tea in style and be bowled over by its beauty with the Experts Experience Travel Group. March is an ideal time to visit Sri Lanka from a weather perspective, so why not make Sri Lanka your winter holiday destination and enjoy five days of cricket in one of the world's most picturesque venues. Experience Travel Group's Curious Travellers Cricket Tour. There are no boundaries, but plenty of extras. Call 0207 924 7133 or visit experiencetravelgroup.com. People talk about Johnny Bairstow and his struggles in the Red Bull game and, and maybe talk about the fact that he plays has played, you know, put a lot of emphasis on white ball cricket for obvious reasons. Winning the World Cup is no mean feat, is it, for an English side? So you can understand why you want to get your technique right for the white ball game to hit the ball as hard and as far as you can. But it definitely seems to have had an impact on Johnny's Red Bull game. As somebody that plays world formats on the county level, how, how hard is it to go between white ball and red ball cricket? and try and get the best out of your game at the same time in both formats? Yeah, well, I, I find it really tough, actually, you know, and um, and that might just be me, and I can't speak for everyone else, but, um, you know, it, it is really tough. You know, you're trying to be as, as tight as possible, and then in red ball, and and then you have to free yourself up in white ball game. Um, and trying to get that balance is really tough. You know, I, I change a bit technically to from one game to the next, you know, and then try and get that perfect you know it can be quite tough you know to, to just switch your technique and then be able to like you know hit it out of the park you know and then go back the next week and try and hit a perfect cover drive and be as tight as possible it is really tough you know um and there's very few players i think who can do it all you know and they're very you know they're, they're the, sort of the world's best you know and they've um um they're very assured of what they can do they've got very solid techniques for both formats but, you know, there's not many of them. There's not a huge amount of players who just play everything um, and do it really well. So it can be really tough. And there are definitely times where, you know, you have a competition which you do really well in and you're like, well, you'll kick on to the, you know, to the white ball. And then there's something just not clicking the white ball and it's not. It's because, you know, your technique's probably just hasn't adjusted to that, that other format yet. And you're always, even your mindset hasn't, you know. So it can be really tough. And I, I do, you know, for people like, you know, Root and Bairstow and Stokes, you know, it must be really tough going from one format to the other um, and performing at that high level. Do, do you think that's one of the reasons that maybe the test the test team has gone down, gone down a notch or two in terms of success that... They have put all the eggs in the basket of winning the World Cup and you know, the guys that you mentioned and a few others have, have maybe struggled to make that transition back into the Red Bull and to, in the mentality that's required there. Yeah, potentially. I mean, it's hard. I mean, I haven't, haven't been around that, the setup, so it's, it's very difficult for me to say. You know, the, there is, uh, I was going to say, there's so much talent in English cricket. You know, I think that uh, playing county cricket, I sort of haven't seen as much talent as this for a while. And, you know, it, it is a hope that we we get them to play test cricket you know i hope these young players coming through they they really they, they want to play it and they grasp it and um 
you know, ECB and counties, we do everything we can to to give these guys the best opportunity to play um, to play Test cricket and and give that a real shot rather than just going down the uh, the one day route. Right, so we've done the, the, the majority of the cricket parts of the questions. There's a few others. That are, some, of, some of them are a little bit more frivolous, it has to be said. But if we go through <laughs> some of these questions, your answer's going to be as long and or as short as you want to make them. They say rock stars want to be sportsmen and vice versa. If you could have been famous in any, any other field of life, what would you have liked to have been that successful in? Yeah, I think I would have. I would have probably liked to have been in some. I always saw myself as some, you know, guitar player, you know, guitarist in a band or something. I just I spent my, um, sort of sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, just listening to the Verve consistently, um, <laughs> and wanted to be. I'm not sure I wanted to be Richard Ashcroft, but I wanted to, you know, to uh, to make music like him. So um, yeah, I mean, that would have been the ideal dream. I think. If you could meet anybody, living or dead, who would you like to meet to pick their brains and to, to see what they were like? I think um, Muhammad Ali comes to mind. I think especially when, when he was right at his peak, you know, and when he was so sharp and um, he was just such a superstar. I just loved it. I watch every documentary which comes out about him. He's just He was just a different level. You know, I don't think we can comprehend... You know, to talk about superstars and sport now, but him at that stage and in that career and what he had to sort of fight against was just different level. So I wouldn't mind sitting down and spending a bit of time with uh, Muhammad Ali, I think. They're going to make North East the movie, the story of your life. Who's going to play you? <laughs> um, that is a good question. Would, would you make a good film? Would I make a your, good film? Your story. Would it make a good film? Would it be box <laughs> office? Would it get people chewing around the block? I, 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 you know, you need a good director, I think. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and a good actor, that is for sure. Um, I, I don't, I'm not sure. I'm, you know, I'm probably hugely box office. But yeah, you get the right actor in. I'm not sure who. Uh, I'm trying to think of somebody, but it doesn't. Nothing really springs to mind. I don't know why I'm actually trying to like sort of pinpoint me as sort of like somebody who I'm at, trying to think of somebody who's quite like me, which I'm not sure is the right way to go about this, rather than just saying somebody you know who's actually sort of quite you well, know, good that. looking and they're employed to be actors, so they can morph themselves into you, can't they? Right. Okay. Yeah. So if I said like you know DiCaprio, I mean that's just the most unlike. He might have to learn the cover drive, mightn't he? He might have to, <laughs> he might have to get into cricket. Yeah. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure he can do that. What's the last time you can remember feeling really nervous? Um, I, I always find that at the start of every season, I get really nervous. So the first few like, innings, you know, they're always the toughest. And then it's sort of, and then it's fine after that. Um, you just sort of, it's like new again. You know, it's like you've never played the game. Every season, you're like, okay. And it's like, why am I nervous? You know, I've played this game for like 10 odd years. And, um, you know, but every time you come back every season, it's like you've never played it. What's the top item on your bucket list? Things to do before you die. It could be cricket or it could be climbing Everest. What would you put at the top of that list? Um, oh God, I mean, I have to admit, at the moment, it's probably it's probably to play for England. To be honest, that would be um, that would be the huge burning desire at the moment. I'd say. On a scale of one to ten, with ten being the Fonz, how cool would you say you are? <laughs> Very uncool. I know if I said anything above five, that my Hampshire teammates would say that's absolutely untrue. So um, I think they call me really scruffy and uncool. And yeah, so anything probably below five is definitely, I mean, I'd say five, but probably it's probably lower than that. <laughs>
If you had access to a time machine, where and when would you go to? You can go forward, you can go backwards, but what era, what, what would you like to go and have a look at? Um, that's a good question. Um, I think I'd go forward and just see what's going on, I think, and to see where we are in like 20 years or 30 years and see if we've messed the planet up enough by then see where we're at. Yeah, it'd be interesting, wouldn't it? It's, it's, it's bizarre, isn't it? Because you, you think back to 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and technology and how things have moved on. It's scary to think where we might be in 20 years' time, isn't it? Oh, God, yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, I'm sort of one of these people who just thinks that, you know, I sort of try and recycle and do everything, but probably we're probably not doing enough at the moment. But, yeah, anyway, we'll see see where, it all, where we will end up. new feature on the Cricket Badger podcast is the letters page, very much in inverted commas, because what we want you to do is to record your comments on to your telephone, send us the audio to cricketbadger at hotmail.com and we'll play it out as part of that letter page function. Maybe even react to what you say, whether it's an opinion on cricket, international or domestic. Maybe you've got some selection suggestions for the England team or for your county. Maybe you just want to have a bit of a rant. Make it anything up to a minute long. Send it in to cricketbadger at hotmail.com and you might find yourself on next week's podcast. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would you like to have a have a mansion or a shack or, or, or set yourself up? I, thought, I mean, we were very lucky. Me and girlfriend went to Hawaii. So it was a bit of a 30th sort of birthday this year and uh, that was amazing. I, I think we both said that we could we could definitely live out here you know, with no retirement, you know, <laughs> whenever that is. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that was a pretty special place. Well, what's your favourite ground to have played at in the world? I mean, you, you obviously, as cricketers, very lucky. You, you follow the sunshine around. Is there a particular ground that you thought, oh, you know, this is fantastic. I'd like to take this around the world with me. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Like, it's, I always sort of, I sort of judge grounds on if I score runs at or not, you know. So, if you know Lords might be the best place in the world, but if I don't score runs there, then it's just like it's just like the worst ground in the world for me, you know. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter. Um, I've always had quite a good record at Chelmsford, weirdly. So I mean, Chelmsford, as as much as you'd say, would never be the place. You know, that sort of away changing room is is never the greatest. You know, in terms of your four day experience. But I always quite like playing there. I always get some runs there. So I'm going to weirdly put Chelmsford up there. That's, that surprises me. We've currently got the best match from Cape Town on the screens. We've got all these beautiful places in the world, and you're going to take Chelmsford around with you. That's yeah, interesting. Well, yeah. <laughs> if you could change one thing about yourself, what would you change? Um, I'd like to probably handle losing better, I'd say. you know, I like being competitive, but every loss does, it hurts. I wish I you know, was sort of less, you know, if I was able to, to get over losses quicker. You know, or or failures quicker. You know, that would be that would be easier, I guess. Would that, would that not make you a different kind of sportsman, though? If you if you were to able to accept defeat a little bit more, would it maybe take an edge off you? Yeah, maybe it would. Yeah, I mean that's that's the sort of the give and take, I guess, isn't it? You know, it's, um, it'd be interesting to see what the sort of the the greats do. You know, the, I guess the Federers and Woods and people like that. I guess if they didn't have that hunger and they didn't, they hated. Uh, I guess they hate losing. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It'd, it'd be a lot easier, you know, if you still had that hunger, but you sort of just uh, you got over your failures and 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 losses quicker. I guess. Sam Northeast, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast this week. We've got two more questions left for you. What will you be doing in ten years' time? I would like to say. 
I'd still be working in cricket in some capacity. Um, you know, if that's, I mean, God, if I, you know, if I'm still playing cricket, you know, and do a Darren Stevens and and keep getting, you know, Benjamin Button, just keep getting better. But um, or you know, or I'm you know involved in some other capacity, you know, in whatever whatever means, you know, that would still, I think that would uh, that probably be me, I guess. And the final question, and some people find this very easy, some people take a bit of time to think about this one, but if you've been me and you've been picking these questions to ask yourself on this podcast and you've been looking for a, an interesting question to get an exclusive answer from yourself, what would you have asked yourself? <laughs> uh, I've, still, I've still got to be quite politically correct about this, haven't I, really? But, um, <laughs> it's up to you. Um, it's, that, is a, that is an interesting question. What did Steve-O, what did Steve-O say? He, he, I think, in all in all honesty, he misinterpreted it, and he just basically repeated a couple of questions I already asked him. And uh, <laughs> we got to the end of the podcast, so I let I let it go. But some some people come up with some quite interesting things. Maybe talk about some stuff that um, uh, has happened in the past that they uh, they've never really spoken about, but then they refuse to answer the question because I. I I tend to uh, ask this question and then I get you to answer it, but you can refuse to answer it, obviously. You don't have to answer it. Yeah. I guess the sort of the standout question would be, why don't you think you played for England? I guess that would be it. And I'm not going to answer it, but I would... <laughs> but, you, but you can answer it for me if you like. But yeah, that would be an interesting question, I guess. But um, I, I, find it inter- I do find it interesting that the... There are some very good players that are on the periphery and seem to constantly be on the periphery. When you when you hear, it's a, it's a little bit like when football managers uh, and managers um, become vacant, and you you hear all of these names drawled out, and you often hear the same names. It's the same with England. You know, a middle order slot comes available, and you hear um, the North East, the Balances, the Vinces, the whatever. The same the same names that are mentioned, and some get picked and some don't, do they? And that, that there seems to be no rhyme or reason to it. And I, I guess. It's like life, isn't it? Ultimately, somebody's got to make a decision, and they've got to go with what they think that what they think is right. And if your name doesn't quite make the frame, you miss out, don't you? I suppose it's just it's as cruel and as simple as that. At the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, no, I mean, it's a, it's one of those, isn't it? It's um, I mean, there's a lot of really good players in in England, isn't it? And it's tough to select and uh, and that. Uh, I guess you know, someone like Hildreth. I guess he he sort of would be somebody at the top of that list who. You'd probably say we'd have been unlucky. So um, yeah, I guess there's a lot of players out there who uh, who probably think they uh, they should have played at some stage in their career. But um, it's uh, I'll, I'll, rephrase, I'll, I'll rephrase the question back to you, Sam. If you've been an England selector for the last five years, would you have picked yourself? <laughs> Definitely not answering that. That is for sure. Well, yeah, it's got to be yes. Come on, it's got to be yes. <laughs> I think that when you're you know as you know, obviously, me being me, you obviously have belief in your own um, ability. So um, you would you would like to say that if if I got an opportunity that you you would do well, you know, and you back yourself, of course. Um, you know, there's no doubt about that. But um, you know, at the same time, you know, there's there's been times where I played well, and um, you know, I still probably didn't think I was you know I was ready. You know, just still learning the game, and you know, it's, some people are talking up, and you just think, oh, actually, I could probably you know, I, I'm still learning. I'm still getting better you know but um now I, you know i feel like i'm in as in a good a place as ever to you know if i ever did come across you know there's ever a, a time to play for england and i feel like i'd be in the best possible place you know to, to be able to achieve something 
Well, Sam, thanks very much for joining me on the podcast this week. It'd be a good time to score a few runs for the Lions in Australia, wouldn't it, this winter? I think yeah. with the way that the, uh, the test side is going. I wish you all the best for the remainder of this winter and obviously for the 2020, the year 2020 ahead of us for Hampshire and maybe higher honours as well. Sam, it's been a pleasure. Brilliant. Thanks, James. It's that Badger style. Thanks very much to Sam then this week for joining me on the Cricket Badger podcast. Wish him well for the summer ahead and wish him well for getting over the flu alongside myself. Real opportunity for Sam, I think, on the Lions tour to get a few runs and to really put his name in the frame. Should any of the current incumbents in the England side be disposed of, I suppose is the uh, cruel way of saying it. Hopefully you've enjoyed the chat with Sam. Got plenty of other great guests lined up for the rest of January and into the spring. So hopefully you'll join me soon as we come back again for the next edition of the Cricket Badger podcast. Until then, Badgers, plenty of cricket around the world. Enjoy your cricket. Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.